Hello and welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, February 26th, 2020. I'm James Marino from Broadway Stars. Matt is out seeing the national tour of Mean Girls, and Ashley is in the wood, caring for a canine pal, so you're left with me for today's show. If you'd like to uh, support Broadway Radio, please get over to patreon.com slash Radio to find the many different ways that you can support us. First up in the news, Greg Kinnear to make a Broadway debut in To Kill a Mockingbird. Over at the Schubert Theater, Aaron Sorkin's To Kill a Mockingbird has found its new Atticus Finch. Film and television star Greg Kinnear will make his Broadway debut in the stage adaptation of Harper Lee's classic, succeeding Ed Harris, who will take his final bow on April 19th. Kinnear's stage work hasn't been as regular as his screen work, although he did star in The Power of Duff with uh, Jennifer Westfeldt and a pre-mega-fame Ben Platt at the Vassar Powerhouse Theater in 2012. He's best known for his performances in As Good As It Gets, Talk Soup, Little Miss Sunshine, Sabrina, and others. There wasn't a lot of news on Tuesday, but two major off-Broadway shows opened on Monday nights. We wanted to make sure we covered them briefly. First up, Cambodian Rock Band, one of this season's most highly anticipated shows, opened on Monday night, February 24th, at the Irene Diamond Stage at the Pershing Square Signature Center, the longest name in off-Broadway theaters. The Lauren Yee Play With Music stars Francis Ju, Abraham Kim, Jane Louie, Joe Nago, Courtney Reed, Moses Villarama, and tells the story of a Khmer Rouge survivor returning to Cambodia for the first time in 30 years as his daughter prepares to prosecute one of Cambodia's most infamous war criminals. The production, directed by Che Yu, was initially scheduled to run through March 15th, but was officially extended on Tuesday to run an extra week, now through March 22nd. Matt saw the show during his most recent visit to New York, and his review of the show seemed to match what the rest of the press had to say. Ben Brantley of the New York Times writes, To Yee's credit, she neatly connects all the seemingly far-flung dots of her story, but neither her script nor Yee's production can comfortably reconcile the radical shifts in style and mood. Between the bright sardonicism of Dutch's speech to the audience in the furrowed brow and sincerity of the father-daughter scenes. This is a shame, for there is indeed a compelling heart of darkness in Cambodian rock band, exploring a long second-act sequence set at the S-21 prison and performed unflinchingly by Zhu, Villarama, and Ngo. But Helen Shaw at Vulture, called Joe Nago, won to watch this week in a combined review of rock band Blues for an Alabama Sky and the headlines, writing about the three actors playing the characters who were greater than the plays or productions around them. She says, Ngo's broken, everyday voice is a bitter counterpoint to his comic portrayal of Chum, the kind of guy who freaks out the same gigantic amount about everything from a fun treatment at a spa to torture at the hands of an old friend. It takes a moment to get used to an acting style that's so deliberately broad, but then Ngo goes quietly over to his guitar and you feel the devastating effects of his range. Also on Monday night, C.A. Johnson's world premiere of all the Natalie Portmans opened at MCC's Susan and Ronald Frankel Theater. Directed by Kate Wariski and starring Carrie Young, the story follows a 16-year-old, Kiona, who's too smart, too gay, and too lonely to fit in. So she escapes into the imagined world of her muse, 
Natalie Portman. The extended run continues through March 29th at The Space. It wasn't quite a critic's pick, but Alexis Siloski at the New York Times still had plenty of good to say about the show writing, All the Natalie Portmans already displays a deft way with character enhanced by the playwright's palpable sympathy. Are all the characters nice? Not especially. Are they good? Maybe. But Johnson evidently likes them, so we like them too. Necessarily, Johnson saves the most love for Kiona. While I bet a script might nudge her to grow or change, this one accepts her just as she is. Young's full-body, whole-heart, tense-muscle portrayer never apologizes. Instead, she embraces the character and all of her individuality. Young should absolutely keep on doing what she does, and we should all be there to watch it. But Melissa Rose Bernardo at Time Out New York gave it three out of five stores, writing, All the Natalie Portmans has a good gimmick at its core. Whenever the place heroine, a 16-year-old Kiona, played by Carrie Young, is... Lonely or distressed, her imaginary best friend, Natalie Portman, played by Elsie Kibler, actress, activist, Harvard alum, magically appears in costumes from her most famous films, the feather tutu from A Black Swan, the intergalactic warrior gear from Star Wars prequels. The rest of Johnson's play, unfortunately, is awash in Hollywood-style cliches. All the Natalie Portmans is certainly a very catchy title, if only the play itself seemed more than a collection of Hollywood clippings. First up in other news, Roundabout Theatre Company has announced an extension of its currently running Roundabout Underground musical Darling Grenadine. The show, written by Daniel Zajcek, officially opened at the Black Box Theatre in the Harold and Miriam Steinberg Center for the Theatre on February 10th. It will now play an extra week through March 22nd, including a special performance on the 22nd benefiting Roundabout Underground. Tickets for the normal performances are now available for $30, and the benefit performances are available at $250 at roundabouttheater.org. More extension news. Ahead of its Tuesday night opening, The Prince of Egypt, a brand new musical at London's Dominion Theatre, announced that it has added seven extra weeks to its limited engagement. The musical, written by Philip Lazebnik, with music and lyrics by Stephen Schwartz, is based upon the DreamWorks animation film of the same name and includes a cast of 43, including Luke Brady, Christine Alado, and others. Tickets are now on sale through October 31st, 2020 at www.theprinceofegyptmusical.com. Also on Tuesday, Repertorio Español announces teaming up with Lin-Manuel, Luis, and the rest of the Miranda family to present the Miranda Family Voices Latinx National Playwriting Competition, a new initiative that aims to develop and promote Latinx plays and playwrights. Says Lin-Manuel, I swept the stage as an intern at Repertorio Español. We did a very early reading of In the Heights there, and now our family is proud to support this important open playwriting competition. As a community, we need to find ways to uncover unheard voices and break barriers that keep Latinx artists from telling their story. Submissions are welcome from all ethnic and racial backgrounds, but the plays must resonate and accurately depict the Latinx-Hispanic experience. Submissions are due on April 1st. For guidelines and submissions, visit repertorio.nyc slash voices latinx. We'll have a link to that in the show notes. 
And finally, we all know that Heidi Schreck's acclaimed What the Constitution Means to Me is being filmed for eventual future release. Now the production has announced that, in addition to be filmed at the end of the show's Broadway run in August, additional footage will be captured at a Brooklyn soundstage next week, March 2nd. No details have been released on where and when the recording may be released, but anyone between the ages of 18 and 35 who wishes to become part of the audience can submit for free tickets for filming via Gotham Casting. We will have a link to that in our show notes if you want to make sure you get into the room where it happens. And now some side notes. There are three topics that I have been pondering. I think these will be big stories for Broadway, but we don't fully understand the impact that they will have just yet. First, of course, is the coronavirus that's causing major havoc around the world. Uh, Major trade shows are being canceled, meetings are being canceled, changed travel plans for many, and even countries looking to lock down borders. How will this affect Broadway community, both inside and outside of New York? Second, the Harvey Weinstein conviction is shaking the foundations of Hollywood power brokers. Will this earthquake make it to Broadway? Let's remember that Weinstein was convicted in New York City, even though it's a big Hollywood story. Are we to believe that these terrible actions do not happen in our community as well? And third, Disney CEO Bob Iger suddenly and unexpectedly resigned on Tuesday night. Aside from not having a clear, read-believable understanding of why Iger stepped down, what does this mean for the new Disney CEO? Will the next Disney CEO embrace Broadway? These are just some things to ponder. All right, that wraps it up for today. So thank you for listening to Today on Broadway. My name is James Marino. I think tomorrow Ashley and I will be back and Matt will be back later in the week. But until then, visit us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can support us at Patreon at BroadwayRadio.com slash Patreon or Patreon.com slash Broadway Radio. And we will talk to you soon. Mm -hmm.